You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to this week's episode of Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is hosted by me, Joe Hakeem, and I'm joined by Nick Britsky of Nick Drinks, Jason Leinert of the Detroit Optimist Society, and Vato of the Hungry Dudes. We are joined each episode by workers, leaders, and analysts of the hospitality industry. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like or dislike what you hear, write a review. We love hearing from our listeners. You can visit Herd at HerdPodcast.com, follow Herd on Twitter and Instagram at HerdPodcast, and like Herd Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and now here's this week's episode of Herd. sitting with Daniel Estrada, co-founder and CEO of 86 Repairs. 86 Repairs is a sponsor of this week's episode of Herd. You can learn more about 86 Repairs at 86repairs.com slash Herd. Daniel, what is 86 Repairs? Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, 86 Repairs manages the whole repair and maintenance process for restaurant groups. So essentially, we act like your in-house facilities manager for a fraction of the cost. And so our goal really is to help restaurant operators save time and money by managing the repair process end to end. So when something goes down in the restaurant, a customer can text, call, or email us, and we manage the whole process of getting it fixed. And this is a 24-7 service? It is. It's 24-7. So if it's Friday night, your walk-in goes down, your GM can have one number to call, um, we will help your staff troubleshoot the issue, try to avoid a service visit if we can. That's one way we save customers a lot of money. Um, so simple things that we can help them fix, manage on their own. If you do need a service company to come out, then we have a vetted network of service companies that we work with. Or we can work with our customers' preferred vendors if you have a relationship with a company that you like. And then we'll dispatch them. We'll manage all the communication. We'll track everything, make sure they come, make sure the issue gets resolved. And we track everything in a, in a software platform um, so we can give you better insights about running your restaurant. That's great. To learn more about 86 Repairs, once again, go to 86repairs.com slash hurt. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Tonight, we're going to go uh, another round with Street Beat. So with us is Nina and Megan from Street Beat. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Not Good. Cold. So cold. cold. It's cold. Yeah, there's a lot cold. of snow on the it's ground. So the most snow ever on Veterans Day. So cold in the D. <laughs> it is. What? It's all right. Well, it is. Cold. I mean, that's a really old reference at this it point. Is. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It, it had, happened it, really quick, though. I I didn't drive my car for like three days, and then today I went out to it, and I had like two feet of snow on top of it. it had, yeah. Yesterday had was the cold, was the most snow in November on record, and it beat November eleventh uh, snow record by twice the amount. The, so I had like uh, eight eight inches or so yesterday, and the record before that was four. Wow! I That's believe it. Crazy. What's yeah. going on? It's, it's it's not climate change because it's not warm, right? <laughs> right, right. Climate, climate change is a hoax. It's a hoax. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah, we shouldn't all be concerned that there's eight yeah. inches of snow on the ground right now. And it's supposed to be called like negative two tonight. It's it's never going to warm up again. Oh my gosh! Just Terrible. wait until May. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I hope. 
I mean, it might be true. <laughs> uh, all right. So you guys, the last time you were on was um, on episode 99. Um, that was a while ago. It was back in March, early March. You get, Just prior to, uh, just after that episode, you guys traveled to Los Angeles mm-hmm. for... It was called Vegan Street Fair. It's uh-huh. like a huge vegan festival held in L.A. So how did that go? Uh, it was great. Yeah. It, it was kind of a crazy undertaking. Um, uh-huh. We drove across the country with like over 2,000 homemade waffle cones that we made and packaged them all up. Um, a ton of ice cream from a lo- from ice cream plant. Yeah, we, yeah. We actually, we traveled with dry ice and had to like refill it every day. Stop. <laughs> it was pretty insane. Um, what we pulled off was pretty crazy. Um, but the festival itself was great. Uh, we made a lot of really awesome connections and we got a lot of new followers. Yeah. Um, we were one of three vendors that weren't from California. So there were like 30,000 attendees and it was awesome. Did, so did they reach out to you guys and invite you to go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did you, did that cost anything for you guys to go out there aside from yeah. like, like <laughs> yeah. you have to pay for a booth? Yeah. Uh, they, they discounted it quite a bit for us for travel purposes. Okay. Um, and it was a huge learning experience for us. Like we spent way more than we should have okay. on the entire thing. Um, so it was costly, but it was worth it. And so did you sell things there or was it something where you just gave out samples? We sold things. Okay. Yeah. And so in terms of like uh, a, like lines and stuff, like you guys had a line like throughout the weekend or? Yeah, we had a line pretty much the entire time we were open. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what, and I think this is pretty cool, like people come to expect a line at your events now, right? Yeah. You guys do a really, I've noticed recently at... Uh, at some of your events, you guys do a really good job. Maybe this is from learning about what your events bring, but a really good job about warning people about. So there, there, yeah. you, you guys actually have like rules, for, yeah. and, and like <laughs> because most pop ups don't have that luxury. Right. That, we have the necessity to, have to keep everybody tame. The first rule of pop up is you don't talk about pop. <laughs> was so Seriously. were there people that were like angry or upset with previous pop-ups that made you guys start to do this these yeah, types of okay definitely <clears throat> and they they still are they still are yeah we've learned to cover things on our end and just make sure people are aware of like wait times and possibly running out of food all of that stuff we have to say ahead of time just to make sure that we did say it yeah, i mean there's only a couple of you and then you've added more people i i, I imagine mm-hmm. um and so you can only produce so much Right. Exactly. And you don't want to go overboard because I imagine what you produce is expensive. It is, yeah. And it's it's still a risk. If we if we produce way too much and then we don't sell out, it kind of hurts us. So we're doing as much as we can with the space that we have, the amount of people that we have, and like guaranteeing that a certain amount of people will show up. Yeah. So let's talk about – like so we, we just said the, we- the weather was really bad yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You guys had an event at Grandma Bob's Pizza in Corktown, Detroit, and um, you did – Three vegan pizzas, right? right? Um, so there's a lot of marketing behind that, but then the weather hits. You have, yep. you have, you have, we felt it. Yeah. So what did that? How did that affect you guys? I, and I noticed one of your, as I was watching Instagram last night, one of your posts was, "We're going to allow carryouts." You guys don't normally yeah. allow carryouts, so that was an attempt to get people to come in, grab their pizza, and get out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how did the weather affect you guys last night? Do you, was it disappointing or okay? No, I wouldn't say it was disappointing. It was still steady, but I mean, from what we're used to, we're used to a line out the door, the whole place being full for a few hours, uh-huh. and it, that just wasn't the case. Um, yeah, yeah, and it made it made sense. It was pretty it, awful out. It was honestly like it was pretty smooth. It was like a nice little break from the craziness yeah. that we're used to dealing with. So, 
And it must be pretty cool to have that many fans that want to come out and still support you guys, even though the weather is pretty treacherous. It was really cool to see that. Is there there any value to to doing a pop-up just straight up like that or to do a ticketed event where you know exactly, you you pre-sell, you know, you know how many uh, stu- you know how many things you're gonna have. Yeah. The people don't show up. It's on them. At least that way. It's you- totally something that we want to experiment with more, and we have once before. And in the past, it didn't go over very well. We didn't sell like any tickets, um, but that was kind of earlier on. Yeah, this was a while ago. Um, so it's something we would like to try out, but we're, I don't know. We're, we're just not experienced with it. We yeah, and it's almost like with the amount of people that want to come, it might be too many to try to make that happen. And I think for the food you guys serve, you know, yesterday's pizza, you guys do the taco, the taco hell, mm-hmm. the, the, um, you have a, a Kentucky fake chicken, right? That's all like fast food, quote yeah, unquote. And so, so it we're really like our food isn't that expensive. So we kind of rely on volume. And if we aren't turning tables and selling to a lot of people, it t- a ticketed dinner doesn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. I would think that, a, you know, problem is probably parking for some, a lot of places, right? Yeah, Depending on the that venue. can be an issue. Yeah, you know, I if you're going and and if it was me traveling out, you know, there's a whole different, a whole bunch of steps that I have to take to go out somewhere. So everything to me is destination now. Mm-hmm. I gotta get a babysitter, <laughs> figure out something for that, or bring them with me. Figure out a place to park. Although parking's a little bit easier for me, um, figure out a place to park, and then. If I showed up somewhere and it's like, oh man, the line's super long, right? Or and then you guess, throw in the weather and people, or get, oh hey, the food's all out, you know. So then I get, I look for things a little bit more solid in terms of, I know I can go there and get, you know, blah blah blah. Went to Baco the other day, for example, right? On my reservation, I was like, please hold, save some white truffles for me. <laughs> I'm going there. It's white truffles season. Going there for white truffles and. And they did. They set it aside, and that was, they're like, "Oh, next time, call ahead just in case, because we're you know they sell out of them." And but that's the kind of stuff that I think about, and maybe other people are thinking about that, especially as the weather gets gets worse. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's difficult for you guys to you can't really do that. You can't really have someone, uh, not many people, you know, order ahead. Right. I mean that 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 could bite you in the ass too, right? Because yeah, then people yeah. don't show up if you're holding food. Right. And then that's a lot of, I mean, the amount of people that show up to our events, I think it would be pretty hard to manage, like, to even put the time in to set up, like, that reservation list and all of that would be a whole job entirely in itself. Yeah. And, I mean, we use our personal phones. We don't have, like, a a stationary work computer and a phone to, like, take reservations and – call heads, anything like that. So anything that we do special for people is all through our phones. And a lot of people will contact us like two hours before the event and they don't realize what is all, all going on behind the scenes uh-huh. two hours before the event. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we want to be able to do, but we don't have a restaurant. And right. So we're super limited. And So, okay. So you guys go to LA, you come back and you hit a bit, a, a, a bit of uh, adversity. You guys were supposed to do the Mopot Festival, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and what happened that, that, what happened? So we the kitchen that we rent out of um, one of their coolers literally broke, uh-huh. like just stopped working overnight, and it had the majority of all the food that we had prepped that whole week in it, um, and so it was completely spoiled, ruined. So you guys don't have your own place, mm-hmm. so you don't have insurance, right? Um, 
my my first thought when I read that, first of all, I was really upset that you. I mean, that's a lot of income you guys lost on it. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I mean, you guys know that. Right. Um, and then the next thought was, holy shit, they probably don't have any insurance to cover them no. because it's not. It wasn't mm-hmm. their kitchen. Um, so how do you how do you bounce back from something like that? So, I mean, it was it was heartbreaking. And initially, we were just like crushed. We spent so much time and effort, and we were so excited to be a part of the festival. Um, and we ended up setting up a, a GoFundMe a couple I, days later, right? We did set it up. I thought someone else set it up. For I us. think somebody set it up. Either yeah. way, oh, someone set it up for a you. GoFundMe was set up. And oh, that's great. The our fan base like. They didn't even waste a second. They donated so quickly and we made up the money that at least we had lost with the product. Uh-huh. Um, I think within like three days. And then um, Mopop also refunded us our vendor fee. Oh, so yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. So although yeah. we didn't get to profit and be a part of the weekend, we at least made up what we lost. And so that was really cool to see. And then, okay. So then you, you, you bounce back from that. You, you obviously have incredible fans, right? So mm-hmm. this is, this is great. Yeah. Um, not, I mean, the, the loss isn't great, but like you, you had this base, right? right. It was affirming. You know? yeah. yeah. So then, um, in between Mopop, um, and so after that, you guys just continue to do the pop up scene, right? Yeah. Shortly after that, I think we had our Taco Hell one year, uh-huh. which was at PJ's Lager House. It was our one year of doing mm-hmm. vegan Taco Hell, uh-huh. um, which was really, really great. It was probably our largest turnout that we had yeah. ever. Um, I don't know. It kind of marked a really significant point for us. Um, and then we continued to just do pop-ups throughout the whole summer. I think it was, I mean, it was the busiest we ever, uh, that we'd ever been because of the weather and our name had been kind of buzzing for well over a year at that point. So, uh-huh. um, it was a really good summer as far as pop-ups go. What and else happened? <laughs> well, hatch. Hatch. Yeah. Right. So, oh, actually at the end of Mopop, it was kind of a weird silver lining. Um, not that there was much positive that could come out of that, uh-huh. but we ended up driving, up to Megan's cottage immediately after like all of our food was spoiled and we had to load all our stuff out of Mopop. Um, and we kind of just like bunkered down and finished writing our business plan, which we were finishing to apply for hatch. Um, it took us like four days, yeah, sun up we, to sundown. Yeah. We did not leave this cabin. Like we were, I, we were driving ourselves insane. There were like blood, sweat and tears all over the place. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and we ended up submitting our application within 30 minutes of it being due to hatch. And wow. we kind of think that if we had done Mopop that weekend, we might not have finished it. We definitely wouldn't have finished yeah. it. <laughs> I, I think it's – I don't think we've talked about business plans at all. I don't, I don't think so either. Um, so what goes into writing a business plan? So oh much. My gosh. We had no idea what we were in for. <laughs> yeah. So, so I thought you'd just get like one of those things at Office Depot, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's like – You put it in and you fill out the form. No. Was it a template from hatch? Or, no, or, no, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. This is just like we had a we sort of had a mentor that like kind of showed us their business plan. And we combined um, a few ideas from our friends who had given us their business plan, uh-huh. um, and then just yeah, like she said, we had a mentor kind of guide us through what was really needed. Um, and the hatch application itself was like three quarters of the whole process, and then the business plan was another process. But, yeah. Um, a lot of writing. Nina's a really good writer, though. So it turns out, out I'm an okay writer. <laughs> <laughs> so Hatch is uh, it's sponsored by Comerica, right? Mm-hmm. It's for forgive me. I don't know what was the what was the grand prize? It's grand $100, prize. Hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. So um, 
you guys, uh, you apply for Hatch, you mm-hmm. get accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the initial process of like w- once you get started with Hatch? Once they say you're accepted, what's next? So they pick after I think there were 444 applications this okay. year because it was their they upped the grant from fifty thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars for okay. the first time. Um, and then they went down to the top twenty five, and we had to drop off samples. Yeah. Um, and then they picked ten from there. Um, and then we had to do this event where we kind of, we were actually physically at the event, not just dropping food off and like talking to people. And it was kind of like a party. Yeah. It was sort of like a private event for Hatch VIP alumni and like investors, people who are through Comerica, kind of an elite, if you will, group of people. It felt like, um, and then all of us, 10 vendors with our own booths, we were able to talk sample. Mm -hmm. Um, and then everyone in that room could place their votes for us. It was the first kind of intro to voting. Yeah. Um, and then public voting began that night at midnight. And then at that point, there were two different rounds of voting. Um, the first round was for – you it could was, vote for four businesses to okay. bring bring it down to the top four. And then once we were announced as one of the top four, they actually did top five this year. Yeah. So they they said that the margins were too close for them to feel comfortable only picking four, so they picked five contestants. Seems, that seems kind of uh, yeah. arbitrary. Yeah, well, I was going to ask, is there transparency in the voting? They said we, there would be, but we didn't really see any. I, that, I, that's don't know what if they, I don't know if they ever said that they would share the actual voting throughout the process at least, but uh-huh. we had an opportunity after the contest to meet with the judges and um, a couple of the hatch people but we haven't yet we just haven't even had the time a moment to do so right. but when when you say you could meet with them does that mean they're going to show you like how I, that's you don't, I know. don't know they said that we could figure out basically why we didn't win yeah okay but that might have had to do with it would have had to do with well, the our presentation later in the game so the so the next round after the top 10 uh-huh. we got voted into the top five oh. And then um, it was another round of voting. Um, so they did – it was supposed to be 50% public, um, vote. public vote and then 50% judges. So we had to go um, and do like a presentation at the hatch-off par- It was a building party. downtown. It was a hatch-off. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so each business would give a speech, okay. a five-minute presentation, and then do mm-hmm. a Q&A. Yeah. And so – How many judges? Do you even know? I thought there was five or six. Five of them. So I don't know. I blacked out on stage. Yeah, it was, pretty, <laughs> it was stressful. <laughs> um, and j- just for like some type of like equity here, like it's kind of like the electoral college. I mean, it's like there's popular vote, yeah. and then there's like these. We never were given that's those what, details. That's how they made it sound. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. I, I mean, I guess my thought, you know, it's it's like uh, you could go into your like this after the fact meeting and learn that you won the popular vote, but not the judges vote. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And so would that, would that make it worse? I mean, how, how, I, I guess I, having this after the fact meeting of why, why you didn't win. Yeah. What, what's the, what's the end goal of, of theirs to even provide that as an option? I think I the, the benefit of that would be, you know, where where were we weak in our Q&A? Like what what criteria did we not meet just so that we had some peace of mind? Because we thought that we had met all of the criteria for why we should be the winner of Hatch. Uh-huh. Um, 
and I mean the those who won absolutely did as well. Yeah. So um, I, I just looked on the website. And I couldn't really tell who who was the winner. Twenty seventh Letter Books. They're an independent bookstore. And last year it was Toma. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is is the popular vote is one of those? And I'm I feel bad that I didn't pay that much attention to this. But is the popular vote one that you could vote as many times as you want? Yeah, you no, could. It was uh, you could vote on two different platforms once a day. So you could essentially vote twice a day, like on their Facebook no and their website. Yeah, once a day. So, hmm. so when when they asked you why you should like, what were some of the questions? Can you can you divulge that or no? I mean, so they wanted to know um, what benefit you'd have to your community. Um, what, like, why Detroit? Um, they wanted to know how many employees you planned to employ within the first year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a kind of a weird question to me was, um, where do you see yourselves in 30 years? 20 years. <laughs> That's kind of when was they just 20? threw in. They kind of they asked us that. Thir- Wait, what? I'm pretty sure Q&A. it was 30. Whatever it was. It was too many years. It where was where do you see yourself or the business? The business. In, but 30 in 30 years? I'm pretty sure it was 30 years because I did the Q&A and I was like, 30 years? Like, that, that's, I don't know. That was a really strange question to me. Uh, so, our, our <laughs> Acroids has been open for 70. And, and I feel like... <laughs> Um, just thinking about that, like, because I'm like trying to consider, like, if I would open a business, I would think about one year, three and five. Yeah, I, I mean, I would ten. maybe ten. Yeah. Um, but in thirty years, I'm gonna be sixty-one. <laughs> like, I have no idea. <laughs> that that's 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 a real curveball. Yeah. How do you even? How did you answer that? Do you uh, remember? I. <laughs> Thirty years out of sold out to the man franchise. No, she said that they're going to have a vegan uh, empire, ooh. a fast food vegan fast food empire, fast food chain empire, whatever. Vampire. I don't know. I was really embarrassed after I said it. It was he was cute. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not. I don't think you should be embarrassed about that. I think that you know, like at least it shows vision. Yeah, you want to grow. Yeah. Beyond yeah. just the four walls of what you're going to be provide, I mean, honestly, you know, hundred thousand hours helps, but it's it's just a little bit of a drop in the bucket for what you really need to open a place, anyway. Yes, as you guys true. probably know, mm-hmm. um, maybe they said three, and you heard three. no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you I, be the next I, three? I was in and out, of, like just like so nervous that I could. I thought I was just gonna. I was gonna. Be it like, was nerve wracking. I mean, yeah, I almost called Nina up there, and I was like, I'm. I'm just going to swap out right now. Yeah, I did the speech and then she did the Q&A. And... So it's like it's like the debate in the, the movie Old School where like Will Ferrell like blacks <laughs> out. And like, what happened? Yeah, basically. Yeah. What, how many people were you like talking in front of? A couple hundred. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, there, it was a large crowd. Yeah, it was a full room. I, I kind of thought it was like uh, just uh, the panel of judges. It, no. it's, it's, it's a full house, huh? Yeah, yeah. you were, you were I, encouraged I guess I saw to bring or, like or, 10 of your biggest supporters and then... They have signs? Tons of people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Shockingly, no. <laughs> this is, for that. sure one of our moms would have had a sign. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really crowdfunding. Get it? Uh, oh, oh yeah. no. Dad puns? I, I mean... It's not even a dad pun. It's... Speaking of crowdfunding, though... <laughs> There you you, go. So you guys aren't so you do you don't win hatch um twenty seventh letters twenty seventh letter books yep yep mm-hmm. one okay so that's another bump in the road definitely so um 
you guys have dreams to open a brick and mortar. The yes. dreams don't get squashed because you don't win hatch. Not they at all. they maybe grow a little bit stronger, right? So um we'll get to the we'll get to the uh Indiegogo part in a minute. Let's talk about you do have a, a three week stand coming up at Third Street in Detroit, yes. right? Yes. Okay. And that's gonna be all Kentucky fake chicken. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically the same um well so we're calling it Detroit fake chicken now. Detroit oh sorry. Yeah. Detroit fake chicken. Okay. Ooh. It's yeah. our own thing. Okay, good. Um, Sorry. So it'll be no. That's okay. We, <laughs> we, we we didn't get sued. Yeah. No. We just. Well, <laughs> I think something came out of the pizza one, right? It did. Yes. We should I, talk about that. We should. Okay. Let's talk go, about yeah, it. Let's roll back. Can we? Back. Yeah. Let's roll back. So yeah. you guys started calling it Little Sleezers. Right? Little teasers. Little teasers. Oh, yeah. Why did I think sleezers? Because we, we because we that's a... something that like people call it, right? Yeah. That, yeah. For okay. Sure teasers. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, little teasers. That's not yeah. sleazy. Whatever. <laughs> Another <laughs> one of our puns. Right. Little teasers. Yeah. yeah. And Megan had drawn, you know, redrawn the little Caesar's logo, the Roman man, uh-huh. um, dressed like as a grim reaper with a scythe. Um, it was a devil. Okay, a devil with a scythe. Oh. Okay. Um, and yeah, we called it little teasers and uh-huh. he had the red face and everything. Um, you get a lot of season. We, we yeah. yeah. They did not. I don't think that they so much minded the little teasers or like anything else, but they were very, um, adamant on not liking the fact that he was a devil. Yeah. He was a very nice man and there, he should not there, be. <laughs> their letter was very clever. Very well. It written. Was. It, you could tell that whoever was writing it wasn't out to get us they were just like this is hilarious and we have to do this because we've been hired to do so oh it was a okay. really really great letter so i would i think we're gonna print it out and frame it and put it <laughs> put it up at our brick yeah. order so we're you're open. able to keep the little teasers no we had no to yeah they basically at the end of it just requested that we take everything down and show them proof that we took it down but so, can you call it small romans well <laughs> <laughs> well it's probably little, not it's little babies now yeah. So, so we came back with little, little babies, baby. and so it's a crying baby in a diaper, <laughs> holding a pizza. No, because I was just you know. And, and they're okay. Like I mean, there's they, nothing. They were like, okay, great. Maybe because teasers and Caesars. It's kind of like yeah. the soul. I mean, it's not their logo anymore. It's not their name anymore. How can they care? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is about them, but. <laughs> it's like it's like the we, Molson we and Solson uh, debate back in the day. The what? Solson and Molson. Oh, the B- Bell's beer. Yeah, yeah. They got. They had to change the name. Yeah, it was Solson at first. Oh, I know it was Solson. I know yeah, that, but I, I didn't know that was why they had to. That was the whole story because it rhymed. Because Molson was like, this sounds too much like Molson. Hmm. Interesting. And then it became Oberon. Yeah, but right? because it rhymed, that's so I think, weird. Wow. Solson Molson. Because Solson has a mythological Does underpinning, it? I believe. I think it's the the sun god, if I'm not mistaken. Huh? I'm not, maybe I'm. Confusing that with, I don't know, but I but I didn't know that I didn't know that about Molson. That's the story I heard. I mean, I can't. I mean, I didn't hear it straight from Molson, but but I mean, so <laughs> I think the, when we talked last, you, we we kind of talked a little bit about the cease and desist stuff and mm-hmm. how you guys might that might come to be. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's interesting that it came from a local company. It is interesting. <laughs> I, I we I did get a warning from somebody. They were like, maybe you shouldn't do that because they are like they local. are local yeah. and they might. Get upset. We expected it to come eventually from yeah. somebody, but it was, yeah, it was. It was funny. surprising that it was. Up. We also learned that they've sued. They, I don't know. They, they have over forty-two old English D's trademarked. Wow! So that they can like easily sue everybody who uses an old English D. The, oh, the like oh, the the, the larger the holding. Co- yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. That that's that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> uh, because and 
prior to that, didn't you guys do something called Pizza Butt? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you guys just kind of ship you, you like evolved a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I would think that <laughs> Taco so. Bell would would be more apt to sue than us too. You know, little yeah. skeezers. Well, but. you just throw us under. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Well, dick. I, I mean, if you if that's not obvious, <laughs> maybe, so, I mean, this is maybe why, like, once they get actual vegan options, they'll come yeah. after us. Oh, McDaddy. everybody's doing that impossible shit now, right? Yeah. McDaddy's was. They don't have vegan too. cheese though. Yeah. I like McDaddy's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, I was at Red Coat Tavern earlier, just before the show here, and they have an Impossible Burger on the um on their menu now. Oh, they do. Yep, mm. I, wow. I still have yet to. Yeah. Do I that. never thought that that would happen. <laughs> every every it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Burger King has uh, yeah. is nationwide now, right? And now they're expand. Burger King's expanding to four different products. I think to be Impossible. So, mm-hmm. do do you guys have any sense of like what with all of these like larger corporations taking over? Do you have any sense of this like being like too mainstream? No, I no. think I think it just introduces it to a wide variety of people. I think because it becomes more mainstream, more and more people are trying these foods and then they become open to trying other vegan food. Yeah. yeah it's like a good it, intro. Yeah, and, and they're not doing things like I mean, so let's talk about the Detroit fake chicken then. So you guys yeah. are gonna be in Third Street. So um Third Street's uh uh in Midtown, right? Yep. Right by Wayne State. Um you're taking over the kitchen that was is it still? Is it still? No, no one's there. No one's no, in there. It's no just, one's just there. us. This is no. you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, try to talk about that. What, what's yeah. what's going to happen? So, starting this Friday, um, November fifteenth, mm-hmm. um, and until December twenty second, on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays from three to nine p.m., we're going to be serving um, a Detroit fake chicken menu. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different than our normal pop ups, where we do like tableside service, and you kind of have to like wait in line, put your name on the list. It's going to be walk-up ordering, and we're going to be, like, allowing carryouts. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we've ever really done something like this before. We're going to try to manage the line, and since we will be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from extent for extended hours, we anticipate it to not be as crazy all at once. Um, and having... Oh, we're hoping. Yeah, we're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's going to be, like, a little bit larger of a menu we normally don't do carry out to like keep it fair for everybody yeah. but we're going to prepare a ton ahead of time and um and they have parking so that's positive there's plenty of parking. parking yeah yeah um and we th- we in the past we've run into some like printer issues with like wi-fi and staying connected since we don't have a regular pos we use an ipad system um and kind of eliminating five different servers and five different ipads going to one printer we th- we hope it'll stay a little bit more yeah. on top that's and organized. Our, that's been our main issue at pop-ups at really everywhere. Pop-ups. Sometimes we'll lose like 10 orders. Sometimes like just so many things can go wrong when you're depending on five old iPads to run properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the walk-up ordering one iPad should keep everything pretty low-key. Yeah, we're hoping for it to be a lot smoother. So we're going to talk more about this in a minute. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with uh, Megan and Nina from Street Beat. I'm sitting with Daniel Estrada, co-founder and CEO of 86 Repairs. 86 Repairs is a sponsor of this week's episode of Herd. You can learn more about 86 Repairs at 86repairs.com slash Herd. Daniel, last time we talked about how, what 86 Repairs is. How does 86 Repairs work? Sure. So anytime there's a repair or maintenance issue in the restaurant, um, our restaurant group customers can text, call, or email us. Basically, the whole staff has access to getting in touch with us. We give them one number to call. Uh, for any repair needs. And then we manage the whole process for them. So let's say it's Friday night, your walk-in goes down, 
It's not temp bang. Uh, your GM calls us. We'll walk through trying to solve that problem with them over the phone or via text message. Um, we'll look for simple things, you know, resetting circuit breakers, reset switches on compressors, defrosting stuff, you know, whatever we can do to help the team avoid a service visit in the first place and avoid that cost of having a service company come out and fix something. We'll do that first. If they need a service company to come out, we have a whole network of vendors that we work with that we vetted that we know are good you know, here in the Detroit area and in all the other markets where we have customers. And then we'll manage the dispatching process. We'll communicate with everybody, keep everyone in the loop. So if you're a director of operations or a district manager, you know exactly what's going on anytime with that repair. And we make sure it gets done and gets done right. Is 86 Repairs a nationwide company? Uh, not quite. So we're in 15 states right now. Uh, we've been growing very quickly. Um, just over this past summer, we've expanded into 12 new states. Um, and our customers love the offering. It's been really rewarding to see how much time and money we save them. Great. To learn more about 86 Repairs and to know if it's in your location, uh, go to 86repairs.com slash hurt. All right. We're back with Nina and Megan from Street Beat. All right. So before the break, we were talking about Detroit Fake Chicken, 3rd Street, uh, starting November 15th, 15th. Yep. and it uh, goes through December 22nd, yep. uh, fr- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Okay. What, what were the hours again? 3 to 9 p.m. 3 to 9 p.m. So uh, let's talk about the – well, before we start talking about the menu, I want to talk about – so we talked about the business plan for Hatch. Mm-hmm. Do you guys write a business plan for this? Or something similar? Do you have some type of – do you have goals set? And- Not for this specific six-week endeavor, but okay. we, we imagine this will kind of be like a good test run um, to see what where we're going to go kind of moving forward. Yeah. Okay. What, what, kind, what yeah. kind of metrics are you looking at? Are you – just, are you just saying, I want to sell out every night? Do you say, I want to – are you projecting like – We we projected people- like – so we kind of based it off of a fried chicken pop-up. And then we and kind then of we dialed that it. number down a little bit and like how would that spread over three days? Yeah. Um, I so, mean we have goals, but we're not trying to be unrealistic. Where are you going to be in 30 years with this? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the menu? Um, so the menu – we're doing our obviously the fried fake chicken in yep. buckets. Uh-huh. Um, we're also offering a fried chicken sandwich, um, mashed potatoes and gravy, coleslaw, our cashew mac and cheese, a fake chicken Caesar salad or a side Caesar, cornbread, and a cookie with bacon and sea salt and oatmeal. And was there a like a the sandwich is going to be like a Thanksgiving sandwich or oh, like well, a so fake fake giving so within have- this six week pop up. We're, we have a Thanksgiving week. Okay. So it's the, the weekend following Thanksgiving. Okay. I think that's 29th. the... 29th. Yep. 29th through the December 1st, we're doing 100% vegan Thanksgiving, and that'll take over the menu. Um, and so it'll be a Thanksgiving sando, and that'll be the bun, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, gravy, cornbread stuffing, and cranberry sauce. All, all, all as a sandwich. All on the sandwich, okay, yeah. Loaded. Okay. Um, and then we'll do cornbread stuffing, green beans, like a pumpkin chocolate chip cookie, um, and then just the rest of the fixings that we do. So all of these things, you guys you guys make them yourselves? Yeah. Everything on that menu? Yeah. Yep. I, I, I might have asked this in, back in March, but how, what do you do for folks that have nut allergies? Um, so the only item on this menu that contains nuts is our cashew mac and cheese. Okay. So... I mean, we can only do so much because it is being prepared in the same kitchen, but we are very careful. Like we make that totally separate from everything else. And yeah, yeah. So we, with each menu that we have, we there's different um, allergies that are stronger than others. As far as like our Taco Bell menu, we can do pretty much everything nut free, or like this one's mostly nut free. Um, we try to make everything 
available as glu- uh, available gluten free as well. Um, and moving into the future, like when we have a larger space and um, everything like that, we should be able to have you know nut free cheese options and yeah. Um, but for right now, that's really the best we can do. So you have this stand this coming up at Third Street, right? Mm-hmm. And then you guys also have you're concurrently running with an Indiegogo yes. to help fund your eventual because it will happen. It will yeah. happen a, a, yeah. bri- a brick and mortar. Yeah. Um. So w- I've never used crowdfunding before. I, I've donated to some. Mm-hmm. Um. What it, What is that? What's What's the process of starting one of those up? And like, how long do you have to raise your money and those types of things? And how much are you looking to raise? So we did a um. What What did you call it when we can get however much we raise? No matter. It's what? called flexible funding. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to reach your goal in order to get the money. Um, I think there's some options that uh, you would have to, to raise the entire amount to get it. Yeah. Um, and that just um, basically protects you. Like if you cannot promise the perk that you've uh, offered for someone who donated, it just covers you. Um, but we – all of our perks are like um, if you donate, you'll get a magnet or a sticker and also a free Crunchwrap when we open. So it's really like – we yeah, can, we did a couple we small perks, it. and then we did. Um, I thought were fun, like the we did a perk for like a private dinner for four when we open our brick and mortar, and then there's a private dinner on there for eight when we open our brick and mortar. There's like invites to our soft opening. Um, so it's like different tiers. Yeah, for yeah. Based different on tiers. donation. Yeah. yeah. So are some of these obviously not yours because you said you're not doing that, but are some of these that if you don't reach the goal, then what all the money goes back to the donor? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? That's how I think that's how Kickstarter works. Right? Yeah, I think that's why we ended up going with Indiegogo, Indiegogo just because it seemed more flexible and like easier yeah. to manage. Because like even if we don't reach our goal, that money is definitely still going to to the restaurant, and uh-huh. any money is helpful. We don't need the full amount to to do it. I mean, we obviously do. We need a lot more than what we're asking for. Yeah, um, this is just so we have some secured funding right now. Um, and so this is kind of just getting us to over that last sort of hump. Uh-huh. Some people out – I just have to address something. Um, some people out there think that this – we're just asking for this money and this is totally funding everything and we're not like actually working for the rest of the money. <laughs> so this, <laughs> okay. is, this is just getting us – Because this will last you for the next 30 years. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> So, so our crowdfunding, we're asking for $75,000. That's a fraction of what we need to, yeah. to, to build out a space and open up a restaurant. We kind of just aimed – we kind of just aimed high. Well, so, so – hmm. I, and I want to be clear. I don't think we ever – we don't, we talk a lot about business, but we don't talk about like numbers. And, and right. I – so at Ackroyd's, we're, we're an open book finance company. Mm-hmm. So um, we had uh, we had our, our most successful year ever this past year. Um in terms of like uh, uh, net gross gross income, right? Um, but if you look at our bottom, our profit, it was not anywhere near where like a healthy company you know should be. It's not that we're not healthy. It's just that right. we, have, we we spend a lot on employees, mm-hmm. right? And so if you were just look at the number that we brought in, people would be like, oh, like they're you know like they're really they're charging too much, they're greedy, they're all this and that. But then if you take a look at our profit, and then be like, well, that why are you? Why are you doing this, mm. right? And so, a few, uh, a couple months ago, we had um, Mamba from uh, Baobab Fair on, mm-hmm. and the amount of funding that he has secured through grants and all of these things is very high 
right? Well, well seemingly. Um, his restaurant still isn't opened, and he's still struggling to get it open because opening a restaurant is fucking expensive. Yeah. Right. I mean, there, there's no two ways around it. And maintaining one, like, you know, we don't, open a re- we don't have a restaurant. We have a retail space, right? And we have an online store. We ship nationwide. It's still hard for us as a 70-year-old business. Yeah. None of this is easy. No. And the amount of money that you're asking, like 75000 even 100000 if you would want to hatch. It's like, it, like I said, yeah, it's a drop in the bucket. It, right. it goes away like this. Because yeah. yeah. you guys, I mean, all you have to pay yourselves. Yep. You're not working for free. You're not, you know, you, like right. you have to live, you have to have life. You have to have some type of balance. Right. At least with, at least if they get the 75,000 though, that can go to an investor and they can say, look, I got this to invest right. from our side. <clears throat> you know, and that, cause that's what, that's what an investor is <clears throat> going to ask is what are right. you putting in on your own? Right. And it, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't really have, you know. Yeah. And it's hard right now too, because we both don't have other jobs. Like everything that we do goes into this. So Right now, we do also have to pay ourselves. So yeah. it's kind of hard to save money and put money back into the business when we have to also take care of ourselves. Right. Yeah, I mean, you guys have rent, like where you, wherever you right. live. Totally you have right. to pay your you know, health care if you have health care. Yeah. Like there's all of these things that just, just for living your life. Car insurance. All that Basic shit. life expenses. Yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, we are trying to improve our business as we go. Like we feel like we are kind of at a standstill right now and we're just trying to make small improvements and whether that's new equipment or like a POS system or whatever it is, like we, we do have to put money back into the business and it's still only for the pop-up. It's not even for the long term. And, right. and there's going to be a point where people are going to say, well, what's new? Like right. I've, I've had the taco hell like yeah. that's great and i like it but i've already had it so what's next right and then you get to a point where it's like well shit like we're still trying to like hustle yeah. and, and so so once say you get say you get seventy five thousand, mm-hmm. right you, you're, you're there do you have a space in mind right now we have a couple okay yeah, we're, work- we're we're working on a couple and do you have a menu like do you guys have like like conceptualized menus for the that- most part yeah, yeah. We know what we're doing. Uh-huh. Um, we know we have it figured out. It's just, um, yeah, the, us not having any money mm-hmm. of our own is like, it's just really standing in the way um, of moving yeah. forward. I think. Did Did you need all this in the business plan that you presented to Hatch? Yes. So we learned so much. I will say, like, the business plan is no joke. We We never would have an, imagined this much would go into it as far as like what it takes to open a restaurant, uh-huh. um, all the different work moving parts, and all of the money and where it actually goes. It's like pretty. It was bizarre. It was a crazy learning experience. So now that we have that more figured out, we're like, we don't want to just jump into something. We really want to have it all ironed out. Not just not just for many. You got to know, am I going to be open seven days a week? Am I going to be yeah. open five? Am I going to be open just for lunch, just for dinner? Or, and you then know. You, like the different formulas, like how many seats, how many times will you turn over this and that? It's yeah. like, what you know. kind of napkins are you going to have? <laughs> but that, Repairs, yeah. maintenance, all of the crazy factors that go into it that you don't think about. Yeah, and that—that's all these things that, like, I mean, if you're and you all, and on top of all that, you operate on a razor thin margin, mm. no matter what. Like, and you, the food you guys make is, I would imagine, more expensive than uh, a lot of the stuff. Like, you're not just a simple Coney Island, right? Right. right. So right. you're not you're not getting. Um, we make a vegan meat pie at Ackroyd's now, mm-hmm. and the Impossible Burger is like. I think it's like eight bucks a pound. It's our cost. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. And so, you know, we have to charge a, a certain premium for that. But it's not even like people say, well, it's not it's not meat. But that's the point. Right. That, right. But, that's, but that's the price. Right. I mean, you can't 
you can't take away that that's the price. I mean, right. you got the cost. The cost has to go to consumer. Yeah, and and that's and that's a lot. That's the main kind of wall that stands in front of a lot of businesses. It's like the the cost that the business pays has to be passed on, right? Because you you can't operate and just lose all the time, mm-hmm. right? And so, and I think you guys have an added hurdle that it's all fast food. So yeah. people expect it to be cheap. I know. Yeah, that's true. And then I think they try it and they're like, oh, this isn't trash. I'll pay for it. <laughs> but, th- but obviously it's not tr- Like y- you guys have a mission, right? Like th- there's no – if you look at your menu and it's like it, the word vegan up top immediately tells me this is – I mean it's an attempt to be healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so no matter what, when you're trying to be healthier, it usually costs more money. Yeah, yeah it does, definitely. unfortunately. And so like do you, is what are the main complaints you get? Is it aside from weight because we already talked about that? We is price a complaint? We don't Honestly, have no. too many. Good. We don't have too many people complain about price. I think oh. that in general, most of the people that come are familiar with vegan food and understand that it's more expensive yeah. or they have other food allergies like they're gluten-free and they understand that, that that food is more expensive. I mean, all of the flour that we use, all of the noodles we use, they're all gluten-free. So yeah. it's our food is more expensive. We try to keep our costs down. So I, I think we do a good job at being yeah. a little bit cheaper. I mean, you can order two to three items and spend less than $20 at our pop-ups. So it's. I think that that's fair. When I go out, I expect to spend that much. Does your lack of brick and mortar does you guys can't probably can't set up like wholesale accounts with uh, we, distributors or can you? Right we now actually we just, did. just oh, got good. Yeah, so since we're in Third Street, all of our licensing and everything is figured out. We're now able to do that, so I think that's going to get our costs down significantly. Well, okay, so wait a second. Um, you're now able to do that. Prior to this, you weren't able to do. So you guys have been no. paying retail. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. We've been driving around, like Usually going to two Costco full days a week. We'd go to like nine stores and hope that they have enough product for us. We'd sometimes would have to go to like three different Whole Foods for enough vegan butter. It's like so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah. And maybe we touched on this back in March, but but that's mind blowing to me. So you guys were the price, the retail prices are outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Right. Especially for that food. Yep. We got pretty good at gauging which stores for which item like we would that's why we would spread it out so much because we would like go to trader joe's for one specific item and yeah i mean by the end of the day you're exhausted and you're loading in and out for the whole entire day and yeah we spent an entire day probably maybe even two usually just like shopping and getting that together because we have to go to like eight different stores yeah i go to trader joe's for wine <laughs> yeah it's like everyone <laughs> it's delicious it is sorry i said this no, no, I, 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 but, but th- this is, this is really fascinating to me. And, and the, 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 the part of like, cause that cuts into your margins too, into your profits, yeah. right? So you guys are still trying to pay yourselves, but you're also paying retail, which is sometimes 50% more than wholesale. Maybe, yeah. maybe more depending on how much, you know, Whole Foods probably marks up a little bit more than that. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So n- now you have the ability to wholesale, which is incredible. And you, this this five week stand six six week yep. um at um third at third street uh will it continue on past honestly we don't have plans yet for the new year yeah we're gonna uh, see we don't have anything booked for after the new year we're gonna see how this goes and I don't know we're kind of just I think we're waiting for a sign we don't know what's <laughs> next and we we want a restaurant to be next you know we want that to happen soon we but we understand it's likely 
not going to happen right away. Uh-huh. Um, but I think we just want to see how this goes, see if we can handle it. Um, it's going to be – it's a pretty big undertaking, a Friday, Saturday, it's, Sunday for the first time. It's also a challenge because we have our employees who have other full-time jobs. So they're kind of trying to work around it. Mm-hmm. So not being able to have like an mm-hmm. actual full-time staff. Yeah, it's, it's been it, interesting. What about the, the cater market? Like would you, you – Catering? Know, yeah, like doing people's it's, weddings. It's not out of the question. We've, we've, we've done, done a couple. couple. <clears throat> um, it's just like we don't have all the catering equipment and all yeah. the stuff that goes behind that. I mean, it takes a, probably a few thousand dollars, I assume, to get enough equipment and supplies for catering. And it's like, do we really want to go that route? And we don't. I would just think that, I mean, there's have that. I mean, in that, the meantime, that yeah. specific vegan market. I mean, just, I'm sure there's people out there looking for it. And just don't yeah, get we, it. Get, we get asked all the time. It wouldn't be a bad idea. I'd love to stop pop ups and do catering full time until we open. <laughs> that would be ideal. But yeah, I mean, the catering gigs are paid for, yeah. right? Like you, you charge a price, it's X right. per person, they pay you, and then you bring the food. But it's not that simple. No. <laughs> no. Well, nothing's that. Nothing's that and simple. And it's not but that I, that would be easy either. It's just right. the, but I'm the just, pop-ups are pretty exhausting. I just think that because of the, the lack of the market, I mean, not the lack of the market, but the la- the market, it seems like it could dictate the, the need for it, you know? Yeah. A lack of like vegan catering? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like where would you turn right now? What would you, you I, go? I mean, I don't know. scrolling the yellow pages or Google vegan. <laughs> 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 yellow. Right. Do not have that anymore? You know, I'm gonna look it up. Vegan catering. Vato's old. That's why. He, that's why he said yellow pages. We can think of a couple, <laughs> but only because we're in the industry. Vegan catering Detroit. Who does catering? Nashpit uh, does. Oh yeah. Who does? Nashpit. Nashpit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I assume uh, Greenspace. Yep, that's the first one that popped up. Yeah. Do they? I think Greenspace. Nashpit, Detroit mm, Vegan I Soul. Signs of catering. Golden oh. Spice, um, Seva. But but those it's those restaurants. But a lot of these places have been in the industry for years. Yeah. Um, Greenspace is operated by a guy who has a lot of money. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and this is all yeah. things that like, <laughs> I, I mean, if you're, you guys are true grassroots, right? So you have this, you, you have this groundswell of support. So it's like the, this kind of like. Bernie Sanders of restaurants, right? Like you get a lot of micro, <laughs> micro donations. I, I know. Wow. But I, yeah, yeah, it's a compliment. It, it's like you, you have all of these like micro donations coming in. Like what, what's the average donation that you guys are seeing come across the Indiegogo? Like 25. 25 yeah. to 50. Yeah. yeah. And, and But they all pile up. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, – I, I, We would be happy if people were donating a dollar or $5. I know. I feel like people are hesitant to donate because they don't feel like that's enough. But it's seriously – like way more than enough. <laughs> How can people donate? Let's plug that. We'll plug it again at the end too. So we have our Indiegogo link in our Instagram bio and all of our Facebook page. It's really easy to find. Um, and you can just go on there and there's you can either donate with one of the perks involved. And those are specific amounts that we have on there. Or you can just donate a free donation, however many dollars you want. Okay. So, and this, this is sometimes confusing to people that aren't familiar. You yes. do not have to donate at the certain levels. No. Right. Let, let, you can let's donate just emphasize dollar, that. $5, it, $10. Yeah. And every little bit helps. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, you know, if, if we had some, everyone that walked into the bakery spent a dollar or, or five, it would help us. Sure. People walk mm-hmm. in, they leave, they don't spend anything. That, that doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt necessarily, but it's like, well, if you would have at least dropped a dollar or two. Yeah. So yeah. if someone visits the, the page and they drop a dollar, that helps. It is funny because we can see how many people have viewed the page and how many people have donated. And there's like a thousand more views than there are donations or something like that. It was yeah. some number where it was like a crazy amount of larger 
I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I understand. So I mean, it's, it's like a conversion just, rate, essentially. Like, donate a dollar would have made a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, we, we like on our website, we have conversion rates. So our conversion rates hover somewhere around 2%. If it hovered around 20%, we wouldn't be able to keep up the business. Oh, I, right? Have to expand. What's that? Have to expand. Yeah. So, th- I mean, and that's what your, your your conversion rate was at 50% or whatever. Uh, you guys would have a, might have a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> now, so you have a goal set. If you go past the goal, do they? You can go as long as you want, or wh- how does it work? So we have it set up just for thirty days. So I think it's like two more weeks. Okay, a yeah. l- little over two weeks that we'll be um, accepting donations or through whatever through it. If we don't reach the the amount by that thirty days, the campaign ends. If we do reach our amount by that time, it, it extends. So what? Yeah. Where are you guys at in terms of? Do you know? Mm. We're, we're probably I, shy of four thousand. Four thousand. So I think it's a little bit more than is that. it? So not we're, we're not like trucking. The, not, well, so not going very quick. I, I, well, I, to be clear, none of this is easy. No. We can keep saying that opening a restaurant isn't easy. So funding your own money, funding your own restaurant is definitely not easy. Um, and it's hard to ask for help. It's oh, we it, feel bad it, doing it. You know, it, it's we kind of felt. Uh, we, we were really hesitant to start the crowdfunding in general. We're like, do we, is this right? Is this the right move? Are people going to think this is crazy? Um, but a lot of our fans encouraged us to do it. And I mean, we're, we're glad that we did because like we said, every dollar counts. Yeah. And the, the thing to, you know, and, and I constantly would like to reiterate this is that um, you guys have been doing this for over a year now, right? Just about two. Just about two years. Um, you're not rolling in money. No. There, there, there's no, you guys have been working your asses off for Two years. Yeah. Um, we support ourselves and we pay our employees. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, we don't have much to put aside. No. And, and it's like, and that's that's the point, right? Like, you guys have to push down this path. And, and you're not asking, you, the help you're asking for isn't to, like, sit, sit upon a pile of money and to, like, go swimming <laughs> like Scrooge McDuck, right? <laughs> you, you guys want to do something that you think is going to help a lot more people than you can even imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we want to be open on in a consistent basis. We don't want to just have one pop-up a week. We don't want to just have one small limited menu. We want to be open all the time and we just want to be accessible. And what what is the goal? So eventually, like as you have made this business plan and, and, and that, what is the goal for the brick and mortar? Like you guys, do you want to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Do you want to do... So, Eventually, I think we'll start out with dinner only and brunch. Yeah, we were gonna, we definitely want to do dinner and brunch and then maybe expand to lunch um, in the first space. And I think the first space would be like our main spot where we would – I think we want to have a bar. Yeah, we definitely want to have a bar and we want it to be kind of a – I don't know, more of a gathering space. Like yeah. maybe there's DJs on the weekends, like showcasing local talent and just like we want it to feel like your neighborhood get together bar or restaurant where everyone's welcome and no one feels out of place. And so that that's you said that's for the first Yeah. Story. Yeah, I mean like we have we have lots of long term goals as far as like branching out and franchising. But I mean ultimately we do want to franchise. We want to have multiple locations. We wanna kind but, of well, so after that I think the goal is to have like um an actual vegan fast food joint, like maybe like drive through. Um, and then we would try to franchise that, that concept, concept is, not it, so much the restaurant. Is there a vegan fast food concept yet? There is one right now and it is called veggie grill. Okay. It's from, uh, it's originally based out of California, of uh-huh. course, but they're expand. They're supposed to expand like 50 stores in the next year or two. 
I think all over the United States. Do they just have it's more, it's one more, right now? No, they have oh. they have a couple right now. Okay. Um, it's more like Panera style, Chipotle style like, uh-huh. type thing. Mm-hmm. But I think we want to go like Casual straight fast. fast food. Do you, Do you think the Detroit area is ready for a vegan fast food restaurant? They're gonna. I be. think so. <laughs> 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 I mean, if they, uh, our events kind of prove that they they're ready for it. Uh huh. And I think that. You know, ultimately adding a bar to any space, um, kind of jazzing up the menu a little bit, offering um, a better environment visually. I think he meant the fa- like actual fast food. Yeah, I'm kind of saying both routes. Okay, gotcha. Like I'm saying they're, they're definitely ready for fast food. Our events prove that. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're also ready for, a, you know, a, a sit down dining restaurant yeah. where we have yeah. a bar and it's like a, it's a modern diner. Um, I don't think that that'll sway people away from continuing to eat with us. I think it'll just be... More exciting. Well, that minor, di- that uh, modern minor diner, di- minor oh, diner I know, <laughs> modern five diner times, concept. Uh, that that's been the vegan diner thing has been done in multiple places in yeah. the U.S. Right, and yeah. there's even one uh, chili mustard onions. Is he? Is yeah, yeah, called? they're like a Coney Island. Coney Island, yep. yeah. and, and that's vegan too, right? I haven't yeah. been over there yet. Yeah, it's really good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I know there's one in Chicago. Yeah, um, Chicago Diner. Yep. Chicago <laughs> and diner. then there's Champs Diner in New York, yep. which is my personal. Who we really place. like. Yeah. yeah, we like them a lot. So, well, you you guys uh, ha- have a a road ahead of you. Yeah. That's that's pretty <laughs> incredible. Um, so okay, let's talk about um how people can donate all this stuff. Let's go over all that again. So your your Instagram is. Our Instagram. Ugh. Now I sound like you, uh, Nina. What's our Instagram? Street Beat Detroit at Street Beat Detroit, and the Indiegogo link is in our bio. Okay. It's if you don't know what a bio is. It's just a little you know it says everything about Street Beat. Mm-hmm. You can just click on the link, um, and then also on our Facebook page, we have it shared a bunch on there. And your events, you guys widely publicize your events uh, on mm-hmm. all of your channels. Yes. Yeah. So if you go to our Facebook and you hit the events tab, um, it'll show you. Everything about our holiday hours, Thanksgiving, anything that we have planned for the month. Do you guys have an email list or anything? No, we don't. No. Not yet. No, not okay. Yet. Um, and then uh, Indiegogo goes through two. You said two more weeks. Mm-hmm. And then Indiegogo. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and, and then, then, we have shirts as part of our oh, yeah, gonna, stickers, yep. magnets. Um, invite to our soft opening, private dinners. There's all kinds of stuff on there that you can get for contributions. And in terms of merchandise, people can buy merchandise outside of the Indiegogo. So you guys have shirts, you have stickers. So we don't have any stickers for sale right now. We just have um, our new shirts that we just printed. New shirts, Um, okay. They have our Street Beat logo on the front. They have um, like flames on the sides and diamond plate on the back. They're really cool. Um, We also have that available in short sleeve. Um, You can buy those at our events or... Or if you reach out, we, yeah. we're going to have like certain pickup days where you can purchase and come get them. Okay. Um, but then the ones that we have on our Indiegogo are like a one-time only T-shirt. Yeah. And printed. gift cards. And gift cards, yeah. And we so the gift cards, cards can be purchased how? At our events. And then I haven't put it out there yet, but I had planned to this weekend. Um, you can purchase them online too. Do it like a digital it's version. like an e-gift certificate. And those will be uh, – you can use the gift cards at any of your events. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Well, Nina, Megan, thank you for being with us. Thank Absolutely. You. Best of us. luck in uh, for the Detroit Fake Chicken and in 2020. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, dine well, friends.